This podcast tells the stories behind the craft breweries across the country. I'm Erica. Matt. And sound guy Ryan. And you're listening to an episode of Brewers. What's up, Brewers listeners? How What's are up? you guys doing? Hi. Hanging in there. You know, we're uh, surviving the apocalypse one day what? at a time. It's like day... 4,575 of the I quarantine. haven't even been keeping track. I have no idea. Don't worry. There are plenty of people on social media saying, like, day 26. So if you I don't know what day it is. I think everyone's saying a different day, though. I, I, well, there's different <laughs> quarantines. Yeah. Yeah. It's been interesting. It, it certainly has been interesting. But it, 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 it has allowed for momentary pause in a lot of our lives to kind of reflect and be thankful for, you know, family and friends that, you know, you might not get to see right now. So It's true. Um, while, like the, all of you guys. while the situation is certainly um, awful and, you know, it looks like, you know, knock on wood right now, it looks like the curve is starting to flatten at this point. Cross um, our fingers. Cross our fingers, yeah. That's just some preliminary data that, you know, if you look at any reputable news sources kind of reporting right now. Um, but we don't want to get it too ahead of ourselves, and that doesn't mean, you know, that... <laughs> Our favorite local brewery is opening, and we can go and be shoulder to shoulder with all our friends. It just means that social distancing is working. So great job, you guys. Yeah, keep on keeping on. But yeah. certainly drinking good beer has helped the social distancing for me. Yeah, what are you drinking tonight, Matt? I am drinking a 32-ounce crawler Whoa. of Notch's Kolsch, which I picked up responsibly at Notch. Uh, I did an online order, and I did a contactless pickup from them. My beer was waiting outside. Actually, my beer, my hat, and I got a a, a, a face scarf that I can Wait, double as stop a. It. Way you didn't go. see it, Ryan? I'll send you a picture later. But no, they sell these. Well, they do. So what they Duh. do? I, I forget what these are called, but they're like Buff is the company that makes these, and they're typically for runners. Right. Oh, to wow. yeah, and um. They posted. They were twenty five dollars. You can you could pay the price that you wanted to as long as you paid twenty five dollars. Oh, I tossed cool. a couple extra bucks their way because, fortunately, I'm still working. Uh, knock on wood. I, I for the foreseeable future and uh, Notch being one of my favorite local breweries um, out of the the many that we have in this area. Um, I thought it would be the right thing to do. I needed one of these, and it's a responsible thing to have, you know, one of those, so you can protect yourself and others around you. All right, definitely cool. doing that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, what about you guys? I mean, I've just been going through my fridge one beer at a time, or multiple beers at a time. Yeah. I have a lot of beer to go through. Um, went through a couple ciders from Stowe that were awesome. Uh, went and had. Oh, I had that um, Pink Boots IPA from, oh, where did we go? Schilling? Schilling, yeah, from Schilling. Thank you, How was it? Oh, it was good. Really good. Yeah, definitely get out there and support Pink Boots and local breweries. Grab those beers. They're out there in cans, crawlers, and however else they're being sold right now. Um, So, yeah. Which is great. And and the proceeds are still going to go to Pink Boots. Yeah. Man, the timing for this just stinks for Pink Boots because I know I was so excited. We all were so excited to go to multiple breweries. All I was breweries. so excited to go to Remnant, Bone Up, and um, and um, everywhere else. There's like a bajillion of them. Yeah, just can go around in that area and just enjoy all of them. 
But Ryan, what what are you having? Um, Right now, I'm having the uh, the Schilling uh, Italian style pilsner it's your last one isn't it it's my last shilling beer so sad. i still yeah. have two of them in the fridge and i am hesitant to drink them because i was like there's gonna be a warm summer day that i'm gonna want this <laughs> yeah it's just it's sad um but other than that i've been just trying to you know limit what i've been drinking per you know honestly um because i'm running pretty low and a lot of the stores around me are closing or have closed uh, so I just have to get out there, so buy some of the local brewery stuff, and if worse comes to worse, I'll have to go to a brewery. Whoa, that's so sad. Um, <laughs> I would, yeah, there I'll are... definitely go to Salem and probably Sylvaticus. So, yeah, I have been in every day that I see another brewery on on Instagram participating in in basically, you know fighting to keep their doors open it's just it's inspiring it really is i I know that sounds like uh you know like a influencer thing to say if you will but it it, it truthfully is they're doing everything they can to stay alive stay afloat yeah yeah and like support their staff yeah i mean breweries run typically at a very close margin um so this unforeseen you know where some breweries make predominantly all of their money through the tap room space, you know, someone like East Regiment, um, you know, keeping the doors open, supporting um, their staff and just keeping their name and their brand alive. It's it's awesome. It's an awesome thing to see. True that. What, what have all you guys been doing to keep occupied during all of this? I know you guys are still working, yeah. but have you come up with any Working hobbies? and walking the puppers. <laughs> Brood's uh, dog. Yeah. I, I've been, I actually built a bed. Which is Whoa. not a lie. Yeah, woodwork. Nice. Yeah, That's a... like the worst thing. I mean, if it's an Ikea bed, it's the worst thing. Oh, no. I built it from wood. Like, I hand-built it. Like Ron Swanson. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I'll send you pics. It's cool. 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 Um, but, yeah, I, I'm in the midst of helping my, my younger brother move. He just bought a house, so congratulations to him and his girlfriend. Exciting. Exciting. Which is always a stressful thing. I hate moving. Uh, it's so stressful. So, me taking, like... 20 minutes to do this today is like oh all right it's a good pause for me so i'm happy yeah yeah i mean i've, I've been doing a lot of school stuff um call you know, of duty call of duty yeah <laughs> um i i have found i have less time to do new things um not because of call of duty but it takes me twice as long to get anything done because i'm home mm, yeah. yeah so my schoolwork is actually taking longer um, but I've also been dabbling in trying to upgrade our Instagram live uh, videos, Do-do. which we kind of figured out earlier this week. But yeah, we we're did. going to uh, dive in a little bit more um, so we can produce a better uh, quality presentation to you. Yeah, we Sounds had good. an awesome um interview on monday with branch and bone out of dayton ohio um if you haven't heard that we are going to be re-uploading that to our facebook some point this week i have the audio for that um it was a lot of fun um just to learn about a beer scene that i wasn't too familiar with and i don't think a lot of our listeners were too familiar with no Um, last time i was in dayton um i was underage so um yeah i know columbus scene in you know cincinnati but yeah. yeah. So who are we um, interviewing this week? Who, who's so who I can't that? I can't reveal that. But oh no, we don't, we're not even talking about it. 
I'm I, talking about like polyculture. Oh, oh yeah, our guest this week, like yeah. our, our yeah, our it's our interview. Yeah, so our guest this week is out of uh, Croydon, New Hampshire. Oh yeah. Um, Chris and, Michelle and little baby Elliot. Yeah. Which was youngest guest. Elliot, Elliot was so cute. Elliot, <laughs> I was um, I was very impressed with this um, husband and wife operation of that is polyculture. Um, it's really cool to see you know a team like that kind of collaborate and not not kill each other. You know, it's like <laughs> I especially could, with a baby involved. Yeah, they oh seem to be doing pretty well. Yeah, it would be so hard <laughs> for me to. Uh, you know, on a brewery with my significant other. I think that would that takes a, a special type of person, and their beer speaks volumes. They have of, amazing farmhouses. Oh, it's so good. So good. So yeah. what they are doing is really cool, and not to mention they have a suite set up in like a in a farm like house in their house. Yeah, literally. in their house. Yeah, <laughs> um, beautiful area. We saw it when it was snowing, um, but just we can't wait to see it when it's not snowing and not and their beer gardens open and when we're on not property. quarantined <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly um but fortunately for people who live in that area um you do have the opportunity to pick up their beer they are doing um, pickups and deliveries yes you said what was the farmhouse market that they're delivering to yeah so they're delivering to Jake's market in Delhi in Enfield and they're on a location in Lebanon yeah so that, well that's the growlers so if you want growlers they're selling them there yeah and i think on on saturday they, they are doing pickup um, as well yep. just we are going to post the link to their website in our doobly do you know whichever you're looking at you know the doobly do um, so that way you guys can um, find out yourself if it's not this week or next week. Because I would them hate, any way you can. Yeah, I would hate for people to, um, you know, if you if you live an absorbent amount of way, like I'd hate for you to drive up and I would discourage you from driving up in this instance. Any other time, I would say no, definitely drive area, up. Yeah, yeah. If you're in the area, yeah. definitely partake and get their beer uh, because it's it's wonderful. Um, yeah, they're right off of 89, kind of right by Lebanon, uh, West Leb in New Hampshire. So really easy to get to. Yeah. Um, we don't have much more. Uh, we said it earlier, just support Pink Boots Beer if you get your if you can get your hands on some right yeah, now. Yeah, and support local in general. Everyone really needs the help right now. So. Yeah, they do for sure. It's been inspiring. It really has. It's been wild. <laughs> yeah. I just hope things get better. It looks like the curve is flattening. Cross our fingers and soon. Fingers crossed because yes. as much as I like doing this in pajamas every week, I would much, much prefer to do it in Ryan's house face-to-face with you guys. Exactly. Well, Ryan, do you have anything? Erica, do you have anything more? Negative, no, Ghost I'm just Rider. looking forward to my next beer. Me too. Well, I have I have probably you know eight more ounces of this 32-ounce crawler, so... Nice. I'm feeling nice in the words of our friend Jenna. I'm feeling nice. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, we will catch you guys. On the flippy side. On the outro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, cheers, you guys. Cheers. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers.
This week's episode would not be possible without our amazing sponsor, Shirts on Tap. Each month, they team up with breweries from across the country and create a custom shirt and deliver it to your doorstep, along with stickers and coupons. Sign up today using the promo code BREWROOTS for $5 off your first box. Head on over to shirtsontap.com today. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. You looking to get into a new hobby? Oh, yeah. Sure thing. Well, Erica, where can we do that? Go down to Beer and Wine Hobby. Ooh. And what can we get there? Everything you need to start your homebrew journey. And we'll help you along that journey by using our promo code BREWROOTS to get 10% off your next order. Visit beer-wine.com to start your homebrew journey today. So Ryan and I went up 93 and then across some magical roads and Erica just showed up here because I grew up here so I just kind of know all the roads so so Erica (laughs) Erica where did you take us today because Ryan and I yeah this was we had to use our GPS where you just had to use intuition right right (laughs) (laughs) um I have brought you guys to Polyculture Brewing Company it's my first time being here though so (laughs) I don't know too much more than you guys do yeah the thing about my first time as well but it feels like home Weird. You, you know why? Why is that, Matt? We are actually located in some, not in someone's house. We are in a tap room attached to someone's house. Right. <laughs> which is really actually cool to me. First time. Because I have to drive to work. You have to drive to work. And Ryan has to drive to work. And but, they live at work. But Chris <laughs> Chris here and Michelle are lucky enough that they can roll out of bed. Well, lucky and have the misfortune, I guess, right. of <laughs> having to roll out of bed. We'll find out. Work. <laughs> but we're going to find out. So, uh, hey, everyone. How are you? Hi. We're hey. good. We're excited good. you guys are here. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we start every interview off by asking um, your role here at the brewery and your first memory of beer. You should go first. Okay. So I'm Chris. Um, I guess the co-owner and the brewer and then, I don't know, most of the other stuff too. Um, yeah, and my, I guess, first memory of beer is probably similar to, like, most people's, just, like, my dad drinking beer and maybe trying some at some point and thinking it was disgusting, and then, um, yeah, I guess that's the first memory, so not too exciting. Uh, so, I'm I'm Michelle. Um, I am, uh, Chris and I are a husband and wife team, um, and... I uh, do, well, Chris is the brewer, and as you said, handles uh, just about everything. Um, I guess I help out uh, wherever I can. So jump into the tap room days that were open, uh, have helped with packaging. Um, and although we're a teeny tiny uh, company and a very small operation, I, um, I think he and I do a lot of strategizing together. So um, I guess... Yeah, we kind of work together on plans for how we want to um, showcase the brewery and share what we're about. Um, And I am, uh, by training, I am a yeast biologist. uh, So uh, I feel like that kind of helps. And I I work for a company that uh, develops uh, yeast and bacteria um, and I, I work up in Lebanon, New Hampshire. Nice. And I'm sure that helps out with the brewery yes, operation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, then I feel like we, we both, um, in kind of planning brews. Um, oh, but first memory of beer. Yes. Uh, very similar to 
um, to Chris's uh, first memory of beer. Um, I think my dad uh, drinks Coors Light, and yep. so I have a memory of that. Um, but uh, Chris has an excellent story about the very first beer that he ever brewed. Ooh. So I think we that's like worth, that. I think that's worth <laughs> telling. Chris, yeah. the very first beer you brewed. Tell us a little bit more. Yeah, so I... Um, and when I, was it, too? Oh, well, I'm not sure exactly when, 2008, maybe. Okay. Right. So I was in the Navy. I was a submarine officer um, out in Washington State. And uh, the submarine I was on, the captain was, like, super competitive. And there was a some sort of, like, Oktoberfest thing on the base. And for some reason, there was, like, homebrew competition as part of it. So the captain <laughs> just right. decided, like, we need to join this. Probably wanted to win, but I don't think we were going to. So he like sent me and a few me and another guy and said like go home, like buy the stuff to make a beer, make a beer and have it ready in two weeks. So we like cool. Yeah. So we brewed a beer and it was like pretty gross. And then after that, like but no one else wanted the, the um gross people thought it was gross at the time, but actually yep. right now it would be very on trend. Yeah. Was it super, yeah. super hazy? Like a, a bla- well, it was a blackberry wheat. Um, okay. It was like super fruity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. yeah. Pretty much. This isn't beer. Yeah. <laughs> right? Not yeah, it was, it was more like a wine cooler, I guess. Yeah. Oh. So then no one wanted like the equipment because they were like, this sucks. You can't really make good <laughs> beer. And so I kind of took it and then just like kept going. And yeah. Nice. So you've been homering since then fairly regularly or? Yeah. So that kind of got me started. And then I kept. You know, I guess when I was in the Navy, it was like you'd have some day off and brew and right. somebody would come over and you'd end up just like drinking beer. But then we moved after I got out, we moved um, to Seattle like proper. So I was more involved in like a more serious homebrew club and then some of the smaller breweries. And then, yeah, just kept brewing. And then we came out here five ish years ago from Washington State and then, yeah, kept brewing and eventually got this going so nice chris you talked about being in the navy uh are you born in new hampshire or did you start out where did you where did you guys start out well i'm from chicago and i grew up there and pretty much stayed there until um we uh moved out to washington um so yeah i've kind of moved progressively smaller places and we lived in lebanon when we moved here for a few years which is like the city around here (laughs) it's still kind of small and then we ended up in this Croydon, which is about 750 people. So, yes. And then Michelle is. Uh, so I, I was born in New Hampshire, but I grew up in Southern Maine. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, cool. And my parents still live there. It's about two hours from here. Nice. nice. Southern Maine, like Kittery area, or yes, Elliot, the Elliot. town cool. right next to Kittery. Very nice. cool. Very cool. Good beer in that area too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, cutting your teeth in Seattle, kind of really cool beer scene out there. Uh, Pacific Northwest area. Um, did you have any professional experience before this, or was it? <laughs> that's also Elliot. He's our youngest guest on group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so no, no. I guess professional experience um, aside from like helping out, sort of at some breweries. Like there was a um, a guy a few blocks away from us that started like a one barrel brewery. Um, so I did. Um, brew there a few times. Was that um, River Roost or? No, this was in Washington. Oh, Washington. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was stan- standard brewing. Yeah. So he started like <laughs> one guy, one barrel. And there it's different. Like 
they don't have well in new hampshire there's like restrictions how much beer you can serve but there it's like you have a bar basically so he was like brewing and then open five days a week and yeah kind of (laughs) um so that and then once we moved out here i did do the siebel um like the two-week siebel class in chicago because my parents still live there so i was able to kind of like yeah go live with my parents for two weeks and um yeah and i guess the goal then was like you know that was shortly after we moved and it was like maybe try to get a job in the brewing industry we had the idea to start the brewery but um you know would have probably tried to get some experience but there's just not a whole lot of breweries around um and i didn't really want to commute like an hour and work at a brewery so yeah what brought you to this area specifically uh work so after um when we were in washington state uh i was in graduate school um and chris was in the navy at the time so um and both for both of us family was either in the chicago area or northern new england and we uh we really loved living out there um it's like seattle's a great city to be in i've Um, never heard someone say the opposite yeah, yeah it's it's wonderful but we also um, we kind of always knew that we wanted to move back closer to, to family. So, yeah. um, I ended up getting the job, uh, up in Lebanon. And so that was, uh, that was the reason to move here right. initially. And, um, yeah, as it turns out, there aren't a whole lot of breweries in the area. Yeah. Uh, so it seemed like a good opportunity, um, to actually start up something on our own. Yeah. We kind of looked, um, I guess probably shortly after we moved, we kind of had the idea because we had come from Seattle and we we're like, you can walk to five breweries. And then yeah. we were in <laughs> Lebanon and, um, you know, there are a few like brew pubs, um, but like nothing really else happening. So we had the idea to start. We had looked kind of around Lebanon for a little while to do more yeah. like a, I guess. Traditional? Yeah, I guess a little right. more like tasting room. <laughs> yeah. And um, there just like wasn't a great space. Yeah. Um, even though there's like good mill buildings and things there, but it's not like really set up for a brewery. Um, yeah. So obviously we're located in your house. I mean, you are raising, but, a, but not in our house, not in but not house. in our house, right? right. <laughs> to be clear, from the TTV and everybody, yeah, right. clear barriers. The, yeah. Yes, clear barriers. We are not in the house. Yeah. <laughs> How did that conversation even come up? Like, obviously, I'm sure you looked at some physical brick and mortar locations, and when did you just say? Like, screw it, let's just do it in our house. <laughs> Not in our house. Attached to the to side our house. house. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, I think we had looked, like I said, in Lebanon, there was, like, one property that might have worked, and it was in, like, disrepair, and, um, you know, it was going to be a lot of money. The owner didn't really want to put any money in to, like, yeah. make it a workable building. So we were kind of looking for a house at the same time. Um, and that area has, like, become pretty expensive, so a lot of people move out, um out of town there so we were looking at that point we were like doing a house search along with like potentially have a space for a brewery um so i think i mean by that point yeah we were pretty much looking for something like this and um this is probably the best setup we saw and definitely the best um in terms of the town it's like a very small town with a more like limited government so 
Um, like some other towns, we were looking at places, and I called, and I'm like, we may want to do a brewery. And they were just like, oh, I no. don't know. <laughs> and then Croydon was like, oh, I maybe, sure. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, their town inspector was like the police chief and the fire chief probably, right? Like something crazy. Yeah, like yeah the town has been super supportive. Um, nice. I would also add that uh, the the types of beers that uh, that Chris – Really, or really both of us um, are super interested in and wanted to brew are um, more of in the category of farmhouse style yeah. beers um, and uh, we really felt like having a smaller space with a smaller operation and um, not being in a downtown although when you're downtown you have all sorts of foot traffic right. and everything <laughs> uh, that's a big advantage um, for us like we could we could start out much smaller yeah we have a one barrel set up here uh, and can really focus on the beers that we uh, want to make and don't um, I, I think if we were in uh, right in Lebanon although I do still think like there's certainly room for, for sure for uh, um, <laughs> another this, brewery there yeah for another yeah. brewery there like there you you you'd want to maybe um, cover all of the probably more uh, pressure to brew certain styles maybe exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah so this way we could be a little bit more specialized yeah. um and kind of focus in on um the the area of brewing that you've really been like honing in on for for years anyway yeah, yeah. so what's it been like having this here like at your home kind of like pros and it's cons. like right yeah, pros yeah. and cons of that like how's that I been think- well, you saw driving, I mean, we do have signs and stuff when yeah. we're actually open, but yeah. I mean, obviously a con, and like she said, is like, there's not foot traffic and it's not, we do put signs out on the road, but it's not like you drive by and see the brewery. Right. Um, so that's been, um, you know, it's like, I think we've gotten past the point. We try to get things updated where people can find us. Yeah. Um, so that's like one con obviously is like if we were i mean even newport has like a little downtown so Mm -hmm. that would be easier in some ways but like the pros um i think obviously like we talked about with the town um and then obviously doing the brewery on your own property um things like cash flow and all that are easier um yeah and like we did a bunch of renovations and things here but it's yeah like we're not doing it kind of for someone else's property um and then the pros, I think also, like she said, with the beers, this is kind of like what we think is like a nice setting for these kind of beers. Um, like we're, we're literally in a farmhouse, right? Now. Yeah, <laughs> right. We're in the barn attached <laughs> yeah. to our old farmhouse. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's appropriate for sure. Yeah. And then it's also, I mean, I think another pro is that people come here and the experience is different than like most breweries even. Yeah. Um, it's very cozy. Like yeah. I love like the exposed boards in the ceiling here. Like it just makes you feel like you're just at home drinking a beer. And yeah. Yeah. And then in the summer, we also like another advantage is we have the permission to do a big beer garden outside. Ooh. So it's like, we're yeah. not, and you're kind of, I mean, the road's there, but people are kind of out there, um, you know, they can just sit and relax and have a beer right. and there's no like i don't know no need to have other stuff going on right right so yeah and in the the backyard um we happen to have a nice wide open um like flat open yard area and then it kind of just looks out over the hillside oh, and nice. different times of year you get um like the spring foliage the fall foliage uh every Everything is snow covered today. Yeah. Um, Still beautiful. Yeah, 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 it's it's, a it's uh, uh, you can really kind of 
um, especially when you're outside, you can kind of see the seasons here. I was checking out your Instagram. You have some great beer shots yeah. <laughs> with the background. Thanks. I could definitely tell. It's nice. <laughs> In the same vein of Instagram, how much do you guys rely on social media, I guess, at this point? To get Not having a, a brewery that's within foot traffic. Do you guys rely on that a lot? Oh, well, one thing I should mention is that, like, in the summers, we have done the Lebanon Farmer's Market. So yeah. that is, I guess that does have foot traffic. Um, so, yeah, in the first summer we opened, we only did two farmer's markets. Um, and the Lebanon one's, like, Thursdays from 4 to 7. So it's a lot different than, like, a Saturday 9 to 11. Right. So, um, like, that did build a lot of, um, or reach a lot of, like, new customers, especially when we were starting. Because um, we're standing there, like, do you want free samples of beer? Yes. Um, and it was also good for the feedback because, like, you have, I don't know, 200 people trying your beers just right in front of you. Right. Um, and telling you what they think, like, once a week. Um, so that was good. Um, Humbling and scary at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the, so, and then this area is, like, also strange because, so... Um, we do a lot with social media and that's mainly because of my, mostly, I guess my experience, like I'm, have some experience with photography and social media and things from other, um, jobs and other, and just interests. So yeah, we figure like that's a big, um, I mean, I think for these days, if you're a brewery, like you kind of have to do that stuff and be decent sure. at it because no one wants to kind of see like bad pictures of beer. And, <laughs> and then for us, it's. Yeah, I think it's easier to help present, like, our place and um, that sort of thing with the beers instead of just, like, it's a picture of a beer on a bar so we can use what we have around us and, like, the beauty. Um, yeah, but then we found, like, it's interesting because here, I think that the social media reaches, like, a younger crowd, but here, like, especially the more local people, it's, like, very much word of mouth. And then, yeah. I mean, we haven't really done, like, print advertising, but some other local businesses have said, like, right in this area that actually really works for them, which seems, like, counterintuitive. So, <laughs> so yeah, we've, I mean, we're always trying to reach people through, like, a wide range of channels. Um, and when we do have, like, a magazine article or a newspaper thing, it, like, is a big boom and people are like oh i live a mile down the road i never knew you existed right. so it's right. like yeah we're still trying to find different um like the different customers in different ways kind of to go along with that actually um we we're just talking about are you worried at all about becoming like hill farmstead and like all of a sudden blowing up overnight and like a thousand people show up at your house <laughs> are you prepared for that to happen? Uh, <laughs> is that something you thought of? No, I think <laughs> right? I'm more yeah. like the worrier. Like when we yeah. were first, well, originally we didn't know if we'd even do the tasting room because we thought like who's going to come here. Yeah. Um, and then like the first farmer's market, everyone's like, where's your tasting room? Where can I buy your beer? And it was like, well, A, you can buy the beer here, <laughs> but B, like we don't have the tasting room yet. <laughs> so we kind of had to finish the summer. It was so slammed and then like finish this. Um, so this opened November last year i guess okay so yeah and then i'm all i think 2018 so yeah i think i'm more the warrior of like oh the first day like oh my god what if we you know overrun the parking lot and cars yeah. are all over and parking on the neighbor's yeah. lawn and all that and then michelle is more like the 
maybe realistic person saying like everything's going to be fine. Well, um, let's just see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we have had yeah. some busy days. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I guess we're, yeah, we're just you kind of going with it. it. And if we have, I mean, we have kind of contingency things in place if, cause the way it is, we do like half pours and pints and things. Um, so we do have pl like plans. Oh, if it gets like too crazy that like we just say, you know, one little sample of each beer right. or like just beer to go or, yeah. um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, I don't know if it, I think we're still building steam, so we haven't yeah, really thought about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So let's talk about the beer that we're drinking. Ryan and I, and oh, Erica had the yeah, beer. Uh, we had the fresh hop one. Um, and Michelle mentioned that you use local hops from a gentleman down the road and some of your own hops as well. Yeah. So I guess this is, I guess, probably one of our most local beers. Um, We've been using malt from Valley Malt, so it's like grown around nice. New England yep. and New York State um, in a lot of our beers. And then this one, we, um, like through the farmer's market, there's a guy that does jams and jellies, and he has an old farm up in Lebanon that was like his grandparents' dairy farm. And he just came and said, like, I grow hops um, yeah. if you want to come pick them. And a lot of people say that here, and they, you know, it's like they have one little plant. Um, but he has, I don't know, maybe like 10 plants. So yeah, last year we did it, and then this year we did it again. Um, went up there and picked the hops and brewed the beer. Um, and then we grow. We had a few plants out here, and we're expanding. Like we don't, we're never gonna become a real big like hop farm or something. But maybe enough plants to like brew. Maybe this coming year we can brew the beer just with the hops we grow here. Cool. Um, but yeah, we're more interested. So it's a pretty basic beer with spelt and like the pills from Valley Malt, and then. Um, the hops and we were more interested in like using these hops that this guy grew um on this old farm in lebanon kind of than necessarily going out to like one of these bigger hop farms and picking them because we feel like it's going to be a unique experience um and more obviously more s closer to this place um so yeah this has cascade hops um both from i think from our plant and from lebanon and so you can tell that they're much more like floral and kind of more delicate than they are from like the northwest um so yeah and this one we call hoppy fingers because when you're picking the hops you get like the stickiness yeah stickiness <laughs> so yeah and it's not you and know what you wet hops yeah so we um i guess we use all the hops in like the whirlpool basically um you know pretty much as much as we can pick and then throw them in and um all at the end and yeah and then it's just you know our well water like all the beers and then the local mall and the local hops and then um we've been using kind of a blend of yeast at least like this is one of our like clean farmhouse beers so we've been using kind of a similar blend of yeast since pretty much since we opened mm. so um yeah and then this one's cool because we brew it and we it's ready in time to like bring to the last few weeks of the farmer's market so you can say like you know so this is right from Lebanon and um yeah. I think something that would be super interesting to do, um we didn't do it this year because uh this guy baby was yeah. arriving. <laughs> um but uh if we could uh do hop picking like hopping fingers, um several brews of it from uh different farms or, Yeah. Um, from from the area. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, there's a lot of people that will just say, oh, I grow hops. Um, but then there's a few 
you know, some farms and stuff that say they have more hops. Like this one farm in Newport thinks they have hops that are from like the 1700s. That's really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's important to stay local, I feel like. And I think a lot of breweries... A lot of people appreciate that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about some of like the, the farmhouse styles that you guys are doing here. I mean, right now we're drinking... Forgive me, I the, the beer. Uh, well, so the Hoppy Fingers was the fresh hop, right. and then yep. this is the Middle Dipper, which is our, um, I guess, a dark mixed culture beer. Um, you don't see too many of those. I yeah, like. I mean, so this one, it's very dark. It looks kind of like a stout, but it's very um, fruity and like light bladdied and barely any roast. So it's, um, I think it's most similar maybe to like a Flanders red mm. or something yep. in terms of the flavor yep. and the look is just different. So it does cause some confusion with customers who <laughs> read like dark beer and they, and they think it'll be like roasty yeah, stout. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the dark sour, like people don't know how that's going to work, but um, it was like um, kind of unexpectedly popular. So yeah. yeah, so we kind of do, I guess most of the beers, like the Hoppy Fingers is one of our more like clean farmhouse saison um, type. Um, so we do those, you know, and those are quicker turnaround, like, um, you know, two to four weeks. Um, and with a mix of different yeast that we've been using, but mainly like saison type yeast. So we do those, you know, most of the year. Um, and we kind of have those in we don't really have a, like a flagship, but we do kind of like categories. Yeah. Um, so typically like we have four taps at the tasting room. So we try to kind of right now we're kind of low, but we usually have like one real true seasonal beer. And then like, that's the coffee farm dark. Yeah. Um, and then something that's like more, maybe a traditional ish Saison grisette kind of style or something else. Like we did a one with Lithuanian farmhouse yeast. Ooh, that's cool. Um, cool. So those, I guess are more like, herbal flowery um kind of beers and then we do we don't we've done like a farmhouse ipa and then we do a series of different like hoppy farmhouse farmhouse pale i guess whatever you want to say and so those are where we you know hopefully they can please like people that like ipas but then people that don't like ipas might still like them because they're not as extreme it's Um, not just a hazy boy right it's it's something that more unique for your brand yeah and then we do the whole the mixed culture beers is kind of our other thing so yeah so dandy is actually the it was so the third beer we brewed last um may like right after we opened we picked the dandelions like right here and then we brewed the beer and then we bottled it in you know august or september so that was kind of the start of our you know, we didn't, like, get brewing and then kind of create, like, a mixed culture program. It's just, like, part of what we've been doing. So, um, yeah. It's been ingrained since the start. Yeah, so that was, and that comes from, like, we were using this mixed culture of different stuff, home brewing for, like, many years um, and kind of got accustomed to it. And so we just kept rolling with it. Um, so the Dandy, I yeah, kind of started it, and then we'd done, like, a series of different ones. And then this Dandy is this year, so we brewed it in May and... I think bottled in in October. And then, yeah, we branched into some other, like, um, the mixed culture where, you know, we don't know exactly what's in it, but we kind of know how to use it from experience. So, like, the taproom yoga is one that's got the mixed culture, but it's not, like, acidic, um, yep. whereas some most of the other ones have been, but that's more of a hoppy one. 
And then, like, right now we have the zoological garden, sour cherry, which is, um, that was, like, a traditional Berliner Weiss recipe and, like, barely boiled and then just fermented straight out with the mixed culture. Nice. Um, and then we stumbled upon some local cherries, um, it was just going to be a mixed culture Berliner Weiss, and then we got the cherries and had to use them. So, <laughs> yeah. And then that Very was cool. like, that's so far been our only fruit beer. So we were hoping to get yeah. more into fruit beers, but we like are more interested in using local fruit. Um, and so it's a little... Seasonal. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard because that's kind of like our peak busy time. And right. so going out and picking fruit or... Um, Foraging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when you're a two-person so, yeah. operation. Yeah. yeah, and then we have the dandy, and then the other, in the fall, we brewed kind of a counterpart, which is the one with um, the it's staghorn sumac. So that was like a forage. I went out, you nice. know, down the road and picked a bunch. So, yeah, the mixed culture. Um, some of them kind of have the culture, like, speaking for itself. It's just a basic beer and the yeast and everything else kind of takes over, and then some are more... Um, you know, have an interplay with some other element. So now have you made beers like this before or sometimes just, is it kind of like just a crapshoot? Like, you know, you want to go forage for like these items and you don't know what it's going to create. Um, I guess it's a mix. Like the dandelion we had done several times, yeah. home brewing. Um, so we had an idea and the sumac was kind of a new thing. Okay. But I had, had had some beers and read about it. So yeah, I guess kind of a mix of like, trying something new and then um going with existing recipes right. and kind of the same with the other beers like the cleaner farmhouse beers um it's like a real mix because most of the when we knew we were doing the brewery in a year and a half or whatever it took to kind of like actually get it open um a lot of it was just like kind of brewing the same recipe and experimenting with different yeast and yeah so it works different best. elements so it was like I mean, fine for us because we like drinking the beer, but um, <laughs> yeah. Cool. How did you fall in love with like farmhouse ale and, and that style? Uh, I guess, well, this, I mean, this kind of goes back, way back to the start of my brewing. I, um, like I said, I'd brewed this like weird beer for this thing that was kind of a flop um, and then just kept brewing. And I think the first few beers were you know, some stupid things like a homebrewer, like second homebrew, like I'm going to brew an imperial stout yep, yep. and it's like <laughs> explodes and the bottles explode and it's terrible because you don't have any clue what you're doing. And then I think I've like read in some book about Saison and was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And um, I think, yeah, I think there was like the Navy, you know, on the bases, they have like package store, which is kind of like a I guess like a state-run liquor store type yeah, thing, yeah. but it's on the Navy base, and I found like a weird <laughs> dusty bottle of Saison Dupont on the shelf yes. of at this Navy base, <laughs> yes. which was like the book was like, oh Saison Dupont. I'm like, okay, I don't know where I'll find this. So that was like, who knows how old it was. Right. So yeah, started kind of like fate though. Like, yeah. <laughs> so like got day. in, and then in that time in Seattle, like you said, there was like a pretty booming beer scene, but especially then it was like there was. Um, not anyone really doing like farmhouse type beers. Like you could go to Portland, Oregon, there were a few places. Um, and then you could get some like imported Belgian, like French beers. So I think, yeah, I just started brewing them. Um, and then the same with like the mixed culture kind of funky beers. It was more just like we started experimenting cause it was, um, similar. Like there was, a lot of good beers in Seattle at that time, but nothing really like in that realm, I guess. Um, yeah. 
and like growing up i think growing up in chicago um like the craft beer for most of the time that i lived there was like goose island and they had yep. <laughs> some you know they have some like wild beers and saison type yeah. beers that way back you know in that time that were like pretty intriguing so yeah and then i guess kept going and um i guess yeah, <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, the plan was if we had done this in Lebanon, we probably would have still done some like saison farmhouse. Right. But um, it, you know, once we found the location and knew we were going to be able to do it here, it was kind of like that's going to be our focus. Yeah. Um, and we still try to do. I think it's also like there's such a wide range with farmhouse, and we try to do that right. because, um, you know, especially now with like the research and the yeast and the things you can read about like the Norwegian strains like Lithuanian and all these other cultures of farmhouse brewing that are becoming like out there and available um so yeah we just you know I guess we kind of go for different flavors under the like umbrella of farmhouse style um yeah and I mean it's kind of I think it confuses people sometimes because they might come and say like, oh, you have six farmhouse beers and they think like this is just They're all the, the same. same beer. Um, but I yeah. think, you know, I don't think when people go and there's like three pale ales and an IPA and a double IPA, they say, oh, like Why these must yeah. all be the yeah. same. So People just freak out to go all oh, easy. Yeah. <laughs> and so that gives us like our way to kind of focus on different flavor um, still kind of maybe within a style yeah and we don't really get hung up on it too much and that's i mean that's one of the questions that like a lot of people will come and say like well what exactly is farmhouse and i used to kind of just be like oh it's complicated and if there was like 45 (laughs) minutes i would discuss but i think now we kind of say you know focus it more on like the beers like got kind of a sense of place um Mm -hmm. that's a good way to yeah. yeah, and like people do it different yeah, ways because yeah. I think people had heard of like the Belgian or like French saison as right. like a farmhouse or beer de garde, but like yeah. now, like I said, with all these other, you know, there's farmhouse brewing like all over, um, and so I think for us that's an easier way to explain it and kind of cover different like cultures and, um, yeah, yeah, the name poly uh, polyculture, it's that, who came up with that? Was that the original uh, name? What was the or <laughs> You have a nah, well, we had a bunch backup. of like name ideas, and then um, somebody had them, or <laughs> yeah, or they just didn't didn't feel. I right. mean, for us with the beer names and the, I guess the brewery name, like we've created lists just like for years of like phrases or things, and you kind of know if it's like right or not for yeah. what you're doing. So we had other ideas, and then, I mean, I think we did kind of scramble towards like we're getting ready. What are we going to do? And I think Michelle <laughs> found it. It's like, um, more like a farming term, um, for growing different like crops and things. And then, um, for us, it's more related to like the different mixes of yeast. Yeah. And then, like I said, different cultures of brewing, um, and kind of like, you know, I guess American brewing and the way we brew is like, you're taking influences from all these different brewing cultures and putting them together into something. Um, so just to kind of add on to that, um, I would say that most of the beers um, that that Chris does are not necessarily to style. They're much more focused on flavor and um, with an emphasis on um, ingredients uh, locally as as local as possible. Um, so the for the 
farm dark as an example or coffee farm dark um, people come in and they say oh are you ever going to do a porter or a stout um, but farm dark has elements of that um, and in terms of ingredients and uh, technically with the uh, brewing methods he kind of uh, thinks through what uh, like what do we want the beer to be and how can we uh, get that technically how can we get there um, and how can we use ingredients that are local to here so it won't be a perfect fit uh, right. to to the style but hopefully it's a really Close interesting enough. and nice, <laughs> nice beer yeah. to drink yeah 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 and that's a big challenge I guess going with the seasonal ones like pushing I mean, because mostly I think like the best farmhouse beers are more like pale and kind of bitter, but yeah. like we've pushed to kind of get into seasonal ones. So we do like the autumn sweater, which is an amber, um, like farmhouse beer. Um, and then the coffee farm dark, which I think if you try it, it's like a little drier and different than like a stouter porter, but it's still kind of in that range, but it still uses the same yeast. So that's been more of the challenge is like using this blend and getting what you want out of it. Um, and still like having a range of flavors for people yeah. using all those yeast blends and trying things out have how many like brews have you had to dump have you dumped anything yet or not not so far awesome uh, <laughs> i mean there's some things aging that are like yet to be determined right because once they right. get in with that it's kind of you don't know um yeah so yeah i guess we've been lucky in that way so there was uh there's one beer um where uh you got some flavor from the kvike uh, that you uh, that wasn't exactly what you're going for. Uh, so what we decided to do was um, put it on the mixed culture, I think, and it's just aging. So uh, yep. it's kind of nice to have that option too. Like if yeah. you're if the beer is uh, like pretty good, but not exactly what you're hoping for, then yep. um, you don't we don't necessarily have to put that out. We can just kind of let it morph into something else with a little more time. That's actually Maybe. a really cool idea. Or just yeah. wait six months and then dump it anyway. But. <laughs> But you guys have the, I hate to say the luxury of doing that, but you have the opportunity to do that in your own space yeah. where. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that goes back to like the trade-off of being where we are. It's like, you know, you're definitely sacrificing like being open more and reaching more people and kind of operating almost as a normal brewery. But what you're getting is like kind of, I guess maybe going at your own pace yeah. or doing your own things. Um, yeah. You mentioned earlier you were soliciting feedback from farmer's market, which is new to us. Typically people solicit feedback from their tap room. I'm sure that you guys do. Um, the other one is which we find no <laughs> brewers almost get any feedback from this, but just curious on being a small operation, what your opinions are on like untapped or beer advocate, those apps. Well, I guess, I mean, I don't think we really, I don't, like you said, no one, I don't think, in like the industry the quote unquote is like a fan of untap but i found like for us at least um we don't like beer advocate and rate beer and that seem to not like have really faded so yeah. we have like one or two reviews of like one or two beers on there and they're more in depth but um like for us aside from like in uh in person like untapped is still like kind of a necessary evil i guess yep. is like a we do get some feedback, like usually it's not good. Uh, like, I mean, not bad ratings, <laughs> but like the feedback quality is not great. Like, yeah. it's just a rating and no comment or something like that. Or um, completely off base rating. Yeah, but it's kind of just like, for us, it's still something that's feedback that's not like face-to-face. -face. Um, 
And so I guess we can take it for what it's worth. Yeah, I would say um, like it, it's it's not all bad uh, if the uh, yeah if somebody takes the time to kind of write some notes on what they uh, what was exciting to them or uh, not really for them. Like either way, it's kind of um, that type of feedback is useful. But yeah, like Chris said, if it's just like certain number of stars and nothing else, you're kind of left wondering like, well, what what was it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, for us, since we're not doing, I guess, um, the most like buzzworthy kind of beers, I think it's like also, you know, the overall rating of some of the beers, once they get like s enough kind of ratings, like gives you at least some idea of like, you know, are people liking it? What would you maybe change? Or should we just like, you know, there might be beers we really like that people are just like, eh. Yeah. So uh. for some of them, just forget the feedback and brew what you want to brew. Yes. Uh, a good example <laughs> is uh, the beer that you brewed yesterday. That's either like uh, people absolutely love it, or they're like, no, that's not for me. So <laughs> what beer? Tell you about that one. Yeah. Uh, that's well, here. so that's like a, a Grajiskia smoked wheat, oak smoked wheat beer. So okay. it's like ninety percent oak Small. smoked wheat. Oh my But God. it's oak, so it's very <laughs> okay. like more, much strong. more subtle. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And it's like low alcohol. Like last year, it was three point eight percent. So oh, that, wow. but that one is like, I think just because it's smoked, like some people smoked really love tend it. to be a bit more like you either love them or you hate them. Yeah, kind of. Smoked beers. Yeah. So yeah. we do that, and then it's like the same. I mean, we've seen that kind of with the sours because where you know where we are here, it's not the most like advanced beer scene, yeah. so right. to say. <laughs> so it's like a lot of people have never had a like quote unquote sour beer. So yeah. it's like. Some are pleasantly surprised, but some people just, like, won't try it. Like, I don't want to try it at all. Um, yeah. But, like, this last weekend, we've been pretty busy the last few weekends, so we were, like, down nice. to just the dark beer on tap and then the three mixed culture beers. Yeah. So that was interesting to see people, like, decide. Because I think the dark beer is the same. Like, there's certain people who just are, like, no. Right. So, <laughs> And then the other, you know, the two of the three bottles are kind of funky sour, and one is just really... Um, funky but not sour um, so very wild so it was interesting to see people like go for that one because right. um, they didn't really want like the dark beer I guess <laughs> so. and that's like I think another thing of being where we are um, you know maybe in some like ways we would want to just do more like funky wild mm -hmm. mixed culture like alone but yeah. um, I think it, you know, with the um, customer base here and then also um, kind of just being one of the only breweries in the area. It's like we um, feel like we still have to kind of have a wide range of flavors that will appeal to whoever comes. Right. Nice. So, but, but that said, uh, I would say that, um, like we've had other brewers ask us, oh, like, so how does the mixed culture beer do, like, up in Croydon, New Hampshire? <laughs> and actually, people love it. Yeah. Like, the, people get super excited about the different flavors of the beer. And, um, like, for us, we're really interested in the process and the technical side. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a beer, and it's meant to be enjoyed. And if the flavors are nice uh, and interesting to people, they'll go for it. So it doesn't have to be, um, like, we don't necessarily need 
uh, everybody who walks in the door to be uh, a super educated beer <laughs> snob. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, really, like, beer should be enjoyed. And uh, we can kind of nerd out on the technical side. Behind uh, the scenes. Behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, pe people really like it, even if it's a super long, complex, souring process. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So talking about kind of your beer process, what is it like here? Like, what are you brewing on? So small quarters back there. Or <laughs> yeah. So we just, so this is kinda, the tasting rooms in the back part of the barn yeah. and the breweries in the front part, which was a wood shop. Um, <laughs> nice. So yeah, I mean, it's an electric system cause we're in okay. an old, um, wooden structure. So yeah, yeah we didn't want to like, open flames. Yeah. <laughs> so we, um, yeah, it's an electric one barrel, I don't know, brumation system. It's cool. a pretty basic, even though it has like a touch panel. It doesn't really Ooh. do much besides like start pumps and turn them <laughs> off. And nice. then, yeah, so the brewing stuff's pretty rudimentary. And then some fermenters and then the aging. We aren't doing any barrel aging yet. Um, we're hoping to get some. It's just kind of a strange, since we're a one barrel system, it's like 31 gallons and a barrel. Tough to find barrels like that size. Yeah, yeah we can find yeah. like some spirits barrels that are like 25 gallon, but they're not exactly like the flavor we really want. Right. So we may look into like doing a barrel fermenter or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then just aging um, either in like stainless or um, like food grade plastic for some of the mixed culture beers. Um and then, yeah, pretty rudimentary. Like, we don't have a big cold room, so we... That's part of the reason we got into the can conditioning. I think for our style of beer... Like, we do crawlers. I think it works um, for, like, farmhouse ales and things. Yeah. 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 So the first summer, we kind of were just spinning our wheels and, like, had to keep up with everything. Um, and <laughs> yeah. then after we had a time to breathe and refine our process, we got into both, like, the crawler can conditioning and um, keg conditioning. So we have, yeah. like, limited cold space, and that way we can... Um, I mean, a, like you said, I think it's better for the beers, um, the styles we're doing, and then also um, simplifies the process. Yeah. Um, what's and uh, and we're getting solar, so the barn roof ha is nice. uh, like fully south facing and is nice yeah. and uh, clear and open to the sun. So soon, uh, beers are going to be uh, renewable. Beer, beer making is going to be powered by the sun. That's awesome. Yeah, and then the other <laughs> thing, cool. since it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so tiny that we... Um, be fairly easy to do. Like, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, that with, much energy, with the system, we can still, like, occasionally I'll pull out some homebrew, like, a 15-gallon pot and a burner. Yeah. Like, if I have to, you know, do some raw grains or do right. something like that, like, yeah. it's small enough that you can still do that. So, I mean, it's good, and, um, you know, obviously advantages and disadvantages. And then, like, we're up on wood, so we... Like just covered. We have this thing in there we call the trough, which is like a kind of waterproofed thing where the fermenters sit. Sweet. Um, and then the rest <laughs> of it is just like rubber floor. So there's yeah. no floor drains. It's a lot of mopping and like carrying buckets out <laughs> I can and in. Um, and then yeah, and then I guess that's it. Yeah. So the brew system's pretty basic, and like I said, the process and all that, just kind of trying to tweak things and. Does it make for a long brew day, brewing on, like, a smaller system? Or because your batches are fairly small, it's not a big deal? I mean, yeah, it's like a full day from the brew to clean up yeah. from 7 or 8 till 5 or 6 at night, yeah. which I guess is probably the same. You know, that's what they say, like, oh, yeah, you can brew say, 10 barrels in that same. time. Yeah. But we're pretty restricted because 
you know, it's on wood piles and we're in an old barn, so I don't think we could put a five barrel system and just plop <laughs> it down on the floor yeah. ground <laughs> in here. Yeah, maintain. Um, right. What's uh what's next for you guys? I know that you mentioned, you know, barrel aging and then and stuff like that, but what do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> well, I don't know, five years. <laughs> um for right now we're trying like winter's slower for us. So we um you know, that's when we can build up like our kind of mixed culture aging projects. Yeah. Um, and then I think we're, st- like I said, we're still trying to m- build like the local customer base, um, like the social media and stuff. Another thing with that is like, it will reach a lot of people around the state or the region that like n- can't necessarily come here regularly. So we do get some like fans that have never had the beer that come <laughs> like after six months and they're excited. And then, but for like the local crowd, like it's a big area and spread out. And so we're just still just trying to like get more people to know about us. Cause there'll still be people that come and say like, I live just across the road in Croydon. Right. I didn't know there was a brewery here. So it's like, <laughs> how do you get them to know? Right. And then right. in the summer, like we have the beer garden. So this year probably just focusing on that again and like getting more like food trucks and stuff. Cause I think people have become, even though in here it's so small and it's more the beer, we have some snacks. It's like, you know, the days we've had like food trucks or things like that, which are harder to do out here. There's not a lot of options, right. but like, you know, that really brings a lot more people because oh, they sure. think they want like the yeah. food, beer, Stay and hang longer. out. And yeah. yeah, yeah. So more about you. What breweries or brewers do you look up to most? I mean, well, we're big fans of Oxbow and okay. Maine, which I guess you know, farmhouse. Yeah. Um, yeah, similar. But I think in general, we're and like you know some of the European like farmhouse breweries. Um, but I think, I don't know. I think in general, like places that are kind of just doing their own thing. Um, and just kind of like, there was a place in Seattle machine house, which was, a um, it was like these guys and they just did British cask ale and that oh, was cool. it. That's and you really went cool. Friday, like they tapped the casks and they lasted until they ran out. Right. And that was like just different, especially in Seattle and yeah. refreshing. And it was like, you know, I kind of got more into those beers just because it was something different. Um, but yeah, and then I guess other farmhouse places um, around the U.S., like we've had the opportunity to go to some, and I think it's like a lot of it clicks when you go to the place. Mm-hmm. So we hope it's the same for us. But yeah. like, we've definitely been up to Oxbow, and like in last uh, in the summer, this summer, at some point, we went to like jester king nice um that's a cool area too Austin's like awesome. yeah. yeah so when we can get like farmhouse beers um i guess just trying and you know seeing what we can do and what other inspirations yeah. Anything? <laughs> um well i for sure oxbow um and yeah jester king was also any any place that's really an experience uh yeah. to go and you can only um like the beer Obviously, like you want the beer to be great, right? Um, but uh, anything that's like the whole the whole experience, um, I would say also there are breweries that we would really love to go. We aspire to going to, but now that we've started a brewery, it's harder to get to. Right, right. Um, like I think, uh, let's see, uh, we follow Forest in Maine um, social media, which is just. Beautiful, beautiful and amazing nice. and noted their uh their poster believe in is on the back um nice and uh mm-hmm. cool yeah and like chicago we go to from time to time so there's like more of 
it's similar like there hadn't been a lot of like farmhouse funky beers for a while so yeah. they but now you know well the off color's been around a while and like there's some new projects starting there so we'd sometimes go there or get like my family <laughs> to send us beers from whatever's happening cool um any place that's um, doing something a little bit different and is super into whatever uh, yeah. their uh, whatever area they want to focus on, um, just kind of uh, that's part of the experience too. I think as a customer, you can kind of feel the the passion that they bring. Yeah, uh, what's uh, in your fridge at home? Beer was um, mostly lagers and <laughs> yep, um, yep. and like farmhouse beers. I think we. Like Von Trapp, Schilling's doing lagers that are pretty good. And um, Notch, we really like down in Mass when we can get it. We like so, I mean, we <laughs> may <can> talk. <laughs> yeah, so we mostly, like, I feel like drink Pilsners, I guess, like, a lot of brewers. And then we do get, like, bottles from other farmhouse places when we can and try yeah. those. And then, you know, some, like, Belgian Lambic stuff. Um, but yeah, pretty simple. Um, and we and we have some Pilsner Raquel in the mm, in the fridge, nice. and that uh, we had the opportunity to go um, to the Czech Republic. Uh, I went there for a yeast conference a few years Ooh. back. Nice. Um, so just uh, it's not quite the same when you're you're sitting in New England cracking open a, a bottle that came all the right. way here, but it's uh, <laughs> I mean it's obviously the best to have it there, but it's kind of uh, invokes memories of, <laughs> of being there for sure. Uh, do you have a guilty pleasure beer? I don't know. I mean, I kind of still think that there's like a right time for almost every beer. Maybe not quite every beer, but <laughs> so I don't know about guilty pleasure. But like, I'll drink. I'll drink like PBR or Narragansett. I guess yeah. the local quote unquote option. Yeah, yeah. And um, don't don't feel guilty. Like beer is great. So, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 That's the right kind of attitude. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Uh, so more importantly, we want people to ultimately come out here. Uh, where can we find you physically? And maybe the best place to find out if you're open, what is that? So we're at 3 Camel Hump Road in Croydon. Which I thought um, was a joke when I saw yeah. it. First. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Camel Hump Road. So it's yeah. small. But I mean, we're, we're also bordered by Route 10. So... Um, it's easy to get uh, to. It's yeah, not we'll, really yeah, difficult to find. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we're not out in the woods. We're just off the main road, but still kind of tucked away. And then, yeah, you can check polyculturebrewing.com. We try to keep the... Since the openings are... Especially in the winter, it's not super regular. Um, in the summer, it's typically like most Saturdays. But yeah, in general, mostly Saturdays, people can go there and look at the dates. And then um, like we can open by appointment, too, to like sell some beer. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else, Ryan? Well, I mean, another question we had down here from uh, one of our uh, listeners from the survey is, uh, what kind of music do you listen to when you brew oh, on yeah, a long brew day? Yeah. Um, that's a good one. I forgot about that one. I guess mostly maybe like indie rock is what you would describe. All right. Um, and we... Favorite, favorite artists to listen to? <laughs> artists. Uh, heavy, heavy rotation. I don't know. This year... Carly Ray, Jepson. That's, well, that's more pop. Um, Chris, Chris has very eclectic interests, so it's it's hard to pick. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I have. I mean, cool. I have, yeah, we have a tap room playlist that I just throw stuff on. So yeah. that's kind of. I don't know. I what, can share it out. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Cool. Yeah, and as a as a brewer, what is something that you want to improve on? 
Uh, I think really just um, the process still. Like it always is a, I mean, I think all the brew days should still be like a challenge, not necessarily like physically wise or something like your equipment (laughs) breaks, but I think like just refining your process and then like, um, you know, tweaking things and seeing how it comes out in the beer instead of just like saying the recipe's done and um, we'll stick with it. And I mean, that can like, yeah. I mean, we do that a lot, tweaking recipes or things in the process and then argue about like what worked out better. Um, But that's good. Cool. Cool. Awesome. So we always close out the interview with Erica's favorite question. <laughs> you always ask my favorite. It's just really it's my good. question. I don't know. <laughs> um, we just always like to ask, you know, what are you most proud of? That could be anything. <laughs> Pressure's on. <laughs> uh, I, I think just being able, just having set up an operation where um, we're able to focus on brewing the beers that we've really want to make um and i guess kind of being true to that focus i'm, I'm yeah. proud of that sure. also the, the beer garden is uh really a fun place to be so. yes <laughs> yeah, i guess i'll say the same sure. <laughs> well i for one can't wait to come back in the summer yeah, and check out that beer garden because it sounds like fun i mean from what i've seen from the photos you have a beautiful view and the beer is amazing so far so yeah. Um, and we can definitely tell your passion. So yeah. come down for that because they're really passionate about their farmhouse ales and it's an awesome place to be. Well, thanks. Thank you guys <laughs> for coming on. Thanks, Elliot. Thanks for coming out. Yeah. <laughs> Say bye. Oh, we're close. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming out here no and, uh, in the snow and no sleep and checking us out. No, no problem. problem. Thanks for having us. Cheers. 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 everybody welcome back hope you guys all enjoyed this episode featuring our friends polyculture out of Crichton, new hampshire i know for sure that i need to get my hands on some farmhouse style ale from anywhere at this point just listen to that episode so i'm definitely going to be looking out for those during the week i don't know about you guys oh yeah oh, for 100%. sure yeah um we are gonna actually do a content episode next week fingers crossed um with the situation going on right now it is a little bit more difficult to get the expert in the field that we wanted for this episode that we want to do um, but we felt as though it's important to do that and we are working very hard to get um, this individual on the episode for next week um stay tuned stay tuned we anticipate it working but you might get another great interview next week so it's it's really a win-win situation for our listeners so until next week thank you guys for listening make sure you wash your hands stay at a social distance support Support local local. support pink boots support sound guy ryan because he's running low (laughs) on beer and other than that like just stay safe cheers cheers (laughs)